0: And the Montreal Canadiens reverse retro jersey is absolutely terrible, or at least a preview of it that we've gotten so far, which we've gotten for a big chunk of teams. I think at least half of them so far. And it looks like the Canadians are doing the thing that they very rarely do, or maybe fans do it more often than the team, and definitely fans do more often than the team, where they decide to, you know what, blue, blanc, rouge, Um, well, the blue's the first... Color that we named, so I guess we'll focus on it. Like since we never do, and it never works. I don't know if it's because we're so used to the red and white, but I think it's really disgusting. And the red is dark too. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you could probably just Twitter search Canadians Reverse Retro, and I think in the Montreal Gazette they have the preview of it. It says number seventy-seven on the back for uh, Tom Gilbert, I guess, and it says Reverse Retro with like a backwards R and like some red, red shoulder patches. Uh not not very pleasing to the eye, at least to my eyes.
1: Yeah, so I guess this this whole reverse retro thing is a new series that they're putting out of jerseys. You know, your classic, okay, let's make some money, uh, try to spice it up. And uh I mean look, I I know the Habs, I think we talked about it, you know, Habs aren't one of the teams that have like a funky third jersey. And perhaps this is the reason why. Because uh, oh my goodness, like what is this mess? I mean I understand this is just a preview. They might change it up. But uh I mean, what is the shade of blue, first of all? Like, is this the shade of blue that the Habs have on their logo? Uh if it is, it doesn't look good as a primary color. The red is weird. Uh like it's I don't know, it looks like there's racing stripes on the on the arms. Like what's going on mm-hmm. with that? Uh like shoulder patches only. It's just it's a terrible look. Uh whoever, you know, they need to go back to the drawing board with this. Uh you know, like not 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 the greatest streak of uh, jerseys the NHL is right now. Obviously, we we're just talking about Dallas's jersey. Uh, was it last week or a couple of weeks ago? A complete abomination. Uh, and uh, this is too. I I don't think they'll actually. You know, this isn't a third jersey, so I think this is just a the way to make money. I don't think they're actually gonna head out on the ice on with the with these things. But if they do, <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I I would watch that game too. I would watch that game too. Of course. You know, I was actually
0: just thinking about those glow-in-the-dark Dallas Stars jerseys, looking at this, because the more we talked about that a few episodes ago, the more it kind of grew on both of us. And I could kind of see this one growing on me, too. Like, the thing I really don't like about it right now is it kind of looks like burgundy on the shoulders and the stripes and the outline of the 77 looks burgundy and i wonder if that's maybe just uh i don't know like design thing but actually you know when they're actually made they'll be closer to the Montreal Canadiens red and then i think i would definitely like it a lot more i don't expect that any nhl team is going to wear these reverse retro jerseys in a game but if they do i mean you know these i i don't think they're if the, that burgundy is actually a red, which I think it is, then I don't think I'm going to hate it that much, to be totally honest.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to buy the thing. That's for sure. I'm not giving oh, in. No. Uh, <laughs> I would never. Uh, because, uh, you know, it's just, it just doesn't look like a Habs jersey is the thing. Right? You know? Like, the blue yeah. is just overwhelmingly blue. And, like, if you looked at that, and there's no logo right now, uh, you would say, would if and I told you, is this a Habs jersey? He'd be like, no. Um, you might say, I don't know, what, what team has this kind of color? You might say that's an avalanche jersey. <laughs> you tell me that's an avalanche <laughs> jersey. Right? To I, I kind of see it. Uh, but, uh, I mean the Habs, that's the thing. It's just, it doesn't scream Habs. Uh, even, even the Dallas one a couple of weeks ago, like, sure. that kind of screamed Dallas, didn't it? Like the, the bright neon green, like who else has that? But this one, you know, it's just like, it's, it's even the wrong colors. It feels like, like maybe they'll tweak it a bit, but it feels like the wrong colors. So, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't I maybe go back to the drawing board a bit on this one I mean ah, they they come up with so many jerseys that I guess you know eventually you're like ah screw it let's just screw it <laughs> let's just change all the colors um
0: Montreal though they are one of the only teams well, I guess they're the only team they've barely changed their jersey at all in the past like hundred years like they barely like they've just made minor tweaks and so anytime they come out with some sort of new design like this especially, you know, their 100th anniversary, they had some weird shit that was going on. People were like, oh, this is disgusting. And I mean, yeah, some of it, they were absolutely correct. But like, I don't know, just trying something new, trying something new. I don't mind. I don't really mind just trying something new, especially, you know, we rag a lot on traditionalism in sports and hockey specifically, of course. And, you know, I mean, I know it's kind of a different argument, but I'll be like, oh, we can't throw in analytics and change the game like obviously this is kind of a different story here but just try new designs instead of being like well this is the way we've always done it so we're always going to wear the jersey like this uh is not necessarily uh an ideal that i subscribe to so trying out these new designs uh even if we don't like the burgundy specifically uh i I don't really mind it
1: okay that's right but but that's the thing though they're not going to wear these on the ice right they're not made for for games so, you know, I think we can rag, them, we know rag that? on them a bit more. Uh, I mean, you know, the Dallas third jersey is something else because we know, like, eventually we're going to see, like, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn on the ice with these things. Uh, so, you know, there, there's a degree of excitement there. These things, it's, just, it's clearly just for marketing purposes. Uh, ooh, reverse retro. Uh, here, come, come spend some money. And so, uh, you know, it's just that. Wait, our, and the font, too. Is it always, like, both the number and the name. Is the number always that font? It looks weird. I don't know anyways um the number is so, the least weird part I think is it okay I mean is it's it very normal preview? to me so obviously it's not in a jersey shape uh, I, I don't know if that's intentional or what's going on here but uh you know it's it's it's, it's definitely new I'll give them that it's definitely <laughs> nothing I've ever seen before uh, you know hey if they should I'll, I'll maybe change it up my opinion I would maybe give some more points if they actually had this on the ice, you know, because then and we're trying something new, but we're not trying anything new. Uh, this is their, their, the old marketing strategy. Here's a new Jersey, right. Uh, and yep. come buy it, you know, so th- th- that's why I'm maybe a bit more harsh on it. If this was their third Jersey, I would maybe laugh a bit harder and, and still carry some excitement going into the season, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, the, I think
0: the retro reverse, which is kind of an oxymoron, but anyway, the the reverse retro jersey that everyone seems to be talking about the most is the Avalanche one. And it's kind of funny since we only have really seen in this preview, we've only really seen the bottom of it. Kind of like in the Canadians one, we've only seen the back. We don't even know what's on the front. The avalanche one, we've only seen the bottom here. And since, of course, they used to be the Quebec Nordiques, they've got the fleur-de-lis, which is some sort of symbol that I know is very closely associated with Quebecois culture. And I haven't seen that much outrage, but I imagine there could be of the this team that now plays in Denver, Colorado, kind of sort of appropriating this, this Quebecois symbol.
1: Yeah, sure. Is appropriating a bit of a harsh word? I would think so. I mean, look, its teams do this all the time. Uh, rightfully, maybe not, because by moving the team, you kind of screwed over the city. But, you know, this is not the first time that a team was moved, changed team names, and all of that. You know, they go back and take the logos and wear them and be like, okay, hey, guys, we're, it's like we're, we're back in this city again. Uh, please come and like us. And uh, so, you know, uh, if I was a Quebec fan... Well, you know, if those even exist anymore. Uh, would I be super happy? I don't know. Maybe I would be. I'd be like, Oh look, they're honoring uh, you know, the team that I love like twenty years ago. Uh, or maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, okay, they're appropriating it. This is bullshit. But uh, you know, this is this is nothing new though. Right? Teams do this all the time. Uh what was it? Carolina had Hartford jerseys at this point at one point last year. Uh and it's it's kind of a similar thing, right? And didn't the Nordiques have uh the Flirt release on their logo? So if it I mean, yeah, one, one speculation is that they just go full-out Nordiques, and you have the Nordiques on the front of the jersey. And I think that would be jokes. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they just start wearing Nordiques jerseys. I'd be I'd be down to watch that. Uh, but, the Colorado uh, Nordiques. Yeah, the Colorado Nordiques makes total sense. Uh, right in the heart of, uh, you know, the Midwest. But, uh, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's nothing new. And so if it does spark outrage, I'd just point at other teams and be like, yo, this happens all the time. Uh, like, you know, look at, look at Hartford last year. And, uh, nobody was like, Oh, they're Hartford. They're appropriating Hartford's culture. Uh, A because (laughs) Hartford Hartford doesn't have have any culture. culture. Yeah, exactly. But B, you know, it's, it's to be expected with relocated teams.
0: I wonder, now I'm curious, I'm looking up Hartford culture, see what kind of culture they have there in Hartford, Connecticut, Hartford culture. Um, I know Chris Pronger played there. I think that's the most notable thing. Um, Hartford culture tripadvisor.com. All right. looks like there isn't that much interesting capital city of Connecticut. Let's move on from this. Not very interesting topic of discussion. Anyway, the final, uh, reverse retro Jersey that I wanted to bring up that I, uh, kind of really like actually is the St. Louis blues. And we only see this, this small, I guess, probably like a shoulder patch logo. And it's, it's like a circle with a trumpet in it. It's a St. Louis on top and blues at the bottom. And they got blue, yellow, red, and I, I kind of like it. Do you do you see it? I think it's on that that Russian machine article with all the central division teams.
1: Yeah, I do. It looks, you know, it fits the retro vibe. I'll tell you that. I don't know how they manage it. I guess it's through the colors, but it's funky. Uh, th- th- first of all, the jer- jer- jersey doesn't seem to be blue though. <laughs> I mean, it's red. Yeah. So, uh, that's that's funky. Given that you know your team's name is literally Blues, uh, and I don't think there's any. There's any I don't think there's any red in the regular logo, if I'm uh if I'm not mistaken. So uh interesting decision. Very interesting decision there. I mean it's one of those things maybe maybe they had blue in one of their old jerseys and they're taking aback. But who knows. Red. Um and I mean, is that look, the the pattern on the trumpet is so specific that it makes me wonder if there's any sort of symbolism associated with it. Maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong, but that's just that's what came to mind. But yeah, the big thing here is uh, a red blues jersey, which in itself is is an oxymoron. So uh, I mean, that's that's one to look at. Uh, the one I wanted to point out, you can come back to you can come back to St. Louis, but I uh, I looked at the Dallas preview, and there's a shoulder patch, and it's the same logo on the front of their jerseys from their third jersey with the star and the shape of Texas, but they managed to get it right where uh, the star doesn't look like it's about to burst, like. It's, it actually fits inside the state of Texas. So that's clearly, it makes, they made some adjustments and that's, they made an improvement there.
0: And I just noticed looking at this Dallas thing right now for the first time, you see like on the, the right side of the state of Texas, right next to the star, they have a letter D, like a white letter D by
1: itself. It really does well, look like it's kind of hanging out in the middle of nowhere. Do you see what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it kind of looks like it's been stabbed by one of the star points. Yes, um, exactly. Maybe that's exactly where Dallas is. You know what? I'm going to look that up. Uh, Dallas oh, maybe. Texas. But uh, if it's not... Oh, I think it is, yeah. It's in like the top right corner. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's where Dallas is an... in Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay. They just yeah. put,
0: put a letter D there. I was going to say there yeah. isn't really a top right corner of Texas, but I get what you're saying. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I, I think the the Blues did have like a little bit of red, like their current logo right now, I think it used to be a red outline, like during the 90s or early 2000s, maybe. So they have had red in the past, but it does seem from this preview, from the little bit we see, that there is a, an overwhelming amount of red on this reverse retro jersey.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're about to see, uh, for some of these jerseys, an overwhelming amount of the wrong color. Uh, <laughs> we just talked about the abs. <laughs> we just talked about the blues. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. I'm just looking through these central jerseys. It oh seems God. like all the other ones have been pretty See the normal. Nashville one. Uh that Nashville, no. it's like
0: their it's like their normal logo died
1: and oh my is like goodness. Cracking. Oh That's goodness. gross. <laughs> that is disgusting. That looks like the predator was like, I don't know, died. yeah, it looks like it died and got trapped for like a thousand years. And then we'll yeah, sh- and and someone just got dug dug by archaeologists. And it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my goodness. That is that might be scarier mm-hmm. than their other logo, just for just for like it's yeah. just
0: so morbid. <laughs> I think it is fitting though, since they they really are kind of past their prime as a team, and are probably gonna be quite mediocre for the next little while.
1: Yeah, this is this represents the spirit of the of the team. It's just it's dead, it's cracked, um, and uh, yeah, I would say it fits the reverse retro style. I guess uh, <clears throat> like super retro because it's now a fossil. Um, you know, just. Okay, wow, like even the teeth, it's just, it's, they really put a whole ass skull there. And that's, that's kind of horrifying. That's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of horrifying. Whose idea was this? Did this, did this, did this test well in focus groups? Did they run this, did this, did they run <laughs> this at all through focus groups? That's what I want to know. Cause, uh, I mean, yeah, this is just, it's just morbid. It's just
0: morbid. <laughs> I'm looking at the Winnipeg one, it doesn't, uh, show anything. I see an Adidas logo. I see a, a number 20 and I see uh, barely any. like if you told me this was the Winnipeg Jets, normal Jersey uh, from multiple close up angles, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I believe you. And uh, the Minnesota wilds one also has some yellow on it. It's kind of interesting. Yeah,
1: you know, I think it's because the Jets just don't have any history, <laughs> you know, because oh, remember, fair. remember the first Jets team don't belong to them, right? It's like, it's like yep. it's, so, you know, this new one, Oh, unless you want to like throw back to fucking Atlanta, but who wants to throw back to Atlanta that's the real question oh so, there are people you know, who want well, to throw back to Atlanta are there though that was a complete I would experience. have loved was, to see that, that old Thrashers
0: part. logo that old Thrashers logo that would have been cool I think there's even like a, a Twitter account called not Thrashers that constantly makes dumb jokes about how they've been undefeated for a long time or something yeah
1: of course uh but uh you know I think yeah I think I think I think the NHL doesn't like the thrashers uh you know maybe the mm-hmm. fans maybe it was a solid meme Maybe it is a solid meme, but I don't think the NHL loves it so much. So they got out of there so fast. And uh, that's why we're, uh, that's why it looks like they just straight up took a, a Jets logo, uh, a Jets jersey. I mean, the, the only way they redeem this is if they just, they have the Jets colors and they tack on a Thrasher's logo right in the center of it. Like completely wrong color scheme, uh, but you just, you just slap it on. Like, that's a cool go. idea kind of like that and maybe because we don't really see we don't see
0: the entire jets jersey at all maybe they do have some thrasher stuff going on in there who's to say who's to say i i kind of like that idea of having all the jets colors and like the thrasher's bird in the middle except instead of orange they change it to blue or something
1: yeah i'm looking through the other i found the i found the the article for the pacific teams now um wow we're really really going through these reverse retro so you know maybe it is a marketing success Uh, but, uh, you know, just, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. looks like they, they put some effort through this. Um, well, I just want to be
0: clear. We do not want to help the NHL market anything and sell anything. So if (laughs) you're listening to this, uh, we're not plugging these reverse retro jerseys or anything. In fact, we ask you not to buy them because we don't want that on our conscience.
1: No, of course not. Uh, for the most part, or really all of them, have we seen any genuinely good ones where we're like this cool, this is like genuinely cool. Well, think. we haven't
0: seen the whole. We haven't seen the entire jersey for any of them. But so far, the one I have a positive opinion of is the Blues mostly.
1: Yeah. So yeah, don't don't buy one of these jerseys. If you do, buy a jersey. Let it be the Dallas one, <laughs> <This> <laughs> is the neon one. Um. That's 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 uh that's gonna be my final plug here on this jersey front. It's uh yeah. Just, just if you really want a jersey and it's not your team, go 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 buy a Dallas one. It's just. Spicy.
0: Wait, were we gonna talk about the Pacific ones also? Because I just found them.
1: Okay, sure, we can do it. We're doing a deep dive. Uh, I mean, there's really I don't know. there really isn't much content here in the hockey world. So if you wanna if you wanna jump into the Pacific, see if anything jumps out, you can go okay. right ahead.
0: Well, I'm looking at these for the first time now. The Ducks have yeah. they've thrown back to the the Mighty Ducks mask logo, which was probably a pretty easy uh easy yeah. conclusion to come to. The Coyote, what is that? Is that like a lizard? A lizard is not a coyote, like the orange thing with the white line
1: through it. I think. Uh, I think this was, uh, according to this, uh, this little bio that they have underneath it. Uh, this used to be like part of their jersey in like 1998, uh, the desert lizard mm-hmm. logo. Um, so that's that's interesting. It's an interesting choice. Sure. <laughs> I the mean, look desert lizard normal. coyotes. I don't see the association, but okay. Desert animals. If we're just of desert animals. are just thinking of the desert theme. Uh, other than that, none of these are very interesting. I gotta say, uh, the Oilers kind of boring. The Kings is just purple sharks. Anything interesting for the sharks?
0: None of them are really showing anything.
1: No, no, they're not really showing anything. And they don't seem to be anything spectacular. The Golden Uh, Knights don't really have much retro to do. They actually,
0: they're the Golden (laughs) Knights. I was going to say even less so than the Jets. They don't have any reverse retro to reverse to but it this looks like the shade of orange that the ducks used to use a lot a couple of years ago I don't know it just kind of gives off that same vibe. do you remember the jersey I'm talking about I think they might have had like a mighty duck like one of these duck mask logos kind of in the middle of it but it looks like they've reused the exact same of orange like Vegas stole it
1: yeah <laughs> I, there's I think there's uh they might be using the same marketing to you honestly just uh, just banging them <laughs> out. Uh, these jerseys because uh yeah i found the metro now just real quick i mean they just stole the old columbus logo uh new jersey is green uh i think that's a past thing right um yeah 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 it's a past thing the Islanders is pretty boring uh the rangers seems pretty boring they just like made it sharper their, their front logo uh they just made it like edgier like it's just i don't know it's it's uh the Penguins looks like it literally has not changed, uh, so that's fine. Hmm. And uh, Washington, they just took their old logo, uh, the one with like uh, the Capitol Dome on top of it. So, uh, yeah, which which I would say is an upgrade from their 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 current logo, which we've discussed before uh, a while back, right? We did our what was it the logo, logo ranking, yeah. Uh, and I mean, the Capitals is dog shit, so maybe they should stick with this one. But yeah. I don't know. We really, yeah, it's just uh, it's really the dog days of the offseason here, and uh, <laughs> we're we're lapping up everything the league gives us. <laughs> uh, the Penguins one, movies.
0: the Penguins one, they removed that triangle that's in the back. You know, the, normally the Penguins logo they have that that triangle. They just they take out the triangle, and that's what they have now. Um, yeah, so I think it's fair to say that um, the Central Division, in comparison to the other two that we've looked at, because I don't think the Atlantic has a, has them all out yet. Um, Central is definitely the most interesting, the most fun to look at with Colorado and St. Louis and uh, uh, Winnipeg possibly having that old Thrashers logo on the front. But that is just pure speculation, of course. A big time so, speculation. Uh, of yeah, big time speculation. So I think maybe that we can wrap it up after 21 minutes or so of Jersey talk and move on to a non hockey piece of news that is definitely worth talking about. The Miami Marlins, a couple days ago, hired the, fu- the first-ever woman general manager in Major League Baseball history, Kim Ng. And, of course, she is overqualified for the job. In fact, much more qualified from the little bit that I've re- researched than most every other general manager in major league baseball. But of course, every, well, not everyone, some people would assume, Oh, I hope this isn't just like a publicity stunt. Oh, I hope it's because she's actually qualified. And I think maybe every single time a professional sports franchise hires a new GM, which of course is almost always a man, uh, we should start asking, Oh, I hope it's because he's qualified. I hope you're doing it because he's qualified and not just because he's been around for a long time. And because, I mean, I guess since to kind of tie back into the NHL, of someone, I don't remember who, made a, had a piece after this uh, Kiming News broke on a diversity, specifically gender diversity, in NHL front office. And the results are, I mean, about as bad as you would expect. Obviously, the overwhelmingly vast majority of positions are filled by men. And um, so much so that if any team hires a woman in pretty much any sort of role, uh, it feels like they're among the very the most progressive NHL teams. So this is great news for for the Miami Marlins. And I mean, I think not just in in Major League Baseball, of course, definitely in hockey too. There are a lot of women who are definitely capable and fully qualified to be a general manager. So I hope this kind of sets the trail for that to happen sooner than it otherwise would have. But I'm honestly not that optimistic that is going to ha- that is gonna happen within the next, like, two or three years.
1: Yeah. But, uh, look, this is cool of shit. Let me tell you that. Uh, I didn't see this news coming. I, I found a pronunciation uh, on a CBC article, so it's Kim Ang. Uh, okay. Alright. Um. But, uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, you're right. She is overqualified. She has, like, 30 years of experience. If this was a man, if she was a man, she would have been hired, like, Ten years ago, uh, and she'd be on her like fourth GM, general manager job, right? Uh, but alas, it is what it is. But it's it's you know she did it, she made it. Uh, I think this is like the first what this is this is the first woman GM of the Big Four, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh mm. So yeah, it's progress. Obviously, it's coming not as not as quickly as many of us would like, but it's progress nonetheless, and that's that's very cool. It's very cool, and uh, you know, hopefully. You know, she she does accelerate the progress because we've seen. You know, when you when you, it it's usually the it takes the it's the longest, uh, you know, it's the, the hardest step, is to get that first person in there, uh, who's not just a token, right? Hi, a token hire. He's clearly not a token hire. He's clearly very well qualified to do the job. Uh, so, you know, I think I think this is a very important first step. Uh, and you know, it's I think right now the problem is they're just. Aren't enough women that are that are qualified enough to be considered for these positions uh, in general because they just aren't hired enough, right? Uh, they aren't really considered enough for those entry level positions that lead then lead uh, to you know being able to rise up the ranks. So that's you know a systemic problem that needs to be fixed. Uh, you know, gender gender equality in sports is you know far from being achieved both within the players and within the management and all that. So, but yeah, this is you know an important step. She's also you know, I'm a minority uh, in that she's an Asian American. So, you know, a very cool hire and a very well deserved hire. And hopefully, we see some pro- hopefully we see some progress with this uh, in the NHL. Uh, that's what we'd love to see because, yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the, the, the series of men that have done the job in the NHL, I mean, uh, we we've railed on on the whole core of general managers in the NHL as being pretty stupid uh, in, in, sure. in, uh, their management of pretty, of, of things. So, uh, yeah, I would say we need a little, a fresh perspective there, uh, because we do see a lot of nepotism. We've talked about that too. Uh, how did you get the job? Oh, my dad was the general manager 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, so, you know, yeah, it's not for some change, not for some change. And, uh, women uh, definitely need to be part of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think there was a very, like a cool, I don't know, piece of, or study or something that was done, uh talking about how since everyone is so used to to seeing like not just in sports but in a lot of you know high profile whatever situations where you have a room full of a lot of people we're so used to seeing them being all men or almost all men that if it's you know 50 percent women, a lot of people will feel like there are actually more women than men because we're so not used to seeing that many women in a room like, uh, I think actually this was talking about when, when Justin Trudeau had, what was it? He, he made like a pledge to have a, a, a balanced cabinet or something with 50% women. And everyone was saying, wow, it looks like there are way more women than men because we're not used to seeing it being 50, 50.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's true. I think it's a phenomenon that happens uh, in, in the world. It's just, it's, you know, sexism still very much exists. Uh, and, you know, I think it's, I think we both agree it's deeply ingrained uh, with that, especially with that. You give that example that you just mentioned Uh, and we need more women in higher positions. That's what it is. And to do that, we need to hire more women in lower positions so that we can, you know, get them promoted. Uh, And so, yeah, it's a whole system wide problem. And but you love to see it when someone, you know, would I say shatters the glass ceiling? I mean, is that even sure, man? Uh, Yeah, it's just it's fucking badass. Uh, a woman general manager, it's cool as hell. Uh, we've literally never seen this in our lives, right? Uh, so, yeah, but uh, absolutely, more work needs to be done. And yeah, your your example absolutely hits. Uh, when you, you expect not just not just uh, you know men, but also just white men, right? Uh, in in yes. higher up management positions, it's just you expect white men, and and you and really any sort of group, uh, you know. CEOs and, and, uh, you know, just whatever, even especially in the NHL world, uh, you look at front office management coaches and all that, it's all just men. It's, well, for the very, very vast majority is men and for the very, very vast majority is white people. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's something we need to change. Uh, and, uh, but when we do see some news like this, it's, it's cause for celebration because it's, it's badass as hell to see a woman, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, first woman as a general manager of a major league team. That's that's cool as heck. Yep, and I think it also said uh first East
0: Asian GM in MLB history. So another another very important milestone that's been broken. And kind of speaking to that in terms of the NHL, I didn't read the article, but Ken Campbell said, here's a list on the hockey news dot com. Here's a list of ten potential candidates to become the first woman NHL GM within the next couple of years. And I didn't look at the article, but people, several people pointed out that all 10 of the names were white women, no women of color on the list. So it, it is really kind of a, why can't I think of the word, um, intersectional, intersectional, all of these issues, racism, sexism. And it's great that Kim Ang is the first Asian GM in, uh, I don't think it was all four. I think it was the first Asian GM in the MLB and first woman GM in all four of the, the big four North American major professional sports.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so is there anything else you want to add on this topic? Uh, just... Um, I
0: think we can leave it there for now. I think we can leave it there for now. Uh, before your trivia for me, there we have one more hefty thing to discuss. Even though it's not actually that hefty. Uh, on The Athletic, they came out with their annual front office rankings as decided by the uh readers i guess of the athletic and how this works for anyone who doesn't know is they have two columns for the fan base for each team and the public opinion for each team so when the the i don't know voting i guess was open what you can do is you can go in and you can say this is the team i cheer for and you grade your front office on a scale from one to five on six different categories one of them is roster building one is cap management draft and development trading free agency, and vision. So those six. And if you want to, you can also do it for any other team in the NHL, but you would be in the public opinion category and not fan base. So basically these are, so the all 31 teams are now ranked by how much confidence everyone has in them equally weighing public opinion with fan base. So I don't, I think if you wanted to try and guess some of these, Like, for example, who was last place? I think that's probably one of the easiest ones to pick. So it's the Arizona Coyotes. I think this is one of the only teams where the fan base actually ranks them significantly lower than the public opinion. The average is a 1.4 on the scale from 1 to 5, which is incredibly close to 1, which is the lowest possible. And that would only be achieved if every single person voted uh, 1 on the scale of 1 to 5 for all these categories. The fan base ranked them last place. In all of the six categories uh, and went <laughs> and uh, public opinion was actually 2.2 which I think is still last place uh, but it's significantly closer than for, for fan base so 1.8 is the average on the scale from 1 to 5 for the confidence in the Coyotes front office and of course in all these quotes everyone's citing Mitchell Miller as a, a big downside or something that really you know drilled at home that this is the least competent front office in the NHL. Yeah
1: well, I mean, that's obvious. Uh, they're just a giant debacle, right? <laughs> it's a train wreck, and it's, a, it's an organizational thing, and we've talked about it. Uh, so, yeah, Mitchell Miller, obviously. Huge dark stain. Huge stain on the organization there. Uh, we have the whole combine mess. Uh, who knows what that was about, but they lost a bunch of crap over that. Uh, they're just not a good team year after year. That's, that's another thing. Uh, and uh, what what was the other thing I was going to say? Oh, yeah, fucking John a left <laughs> out of See, the you know- blue. You just dipped so uh you know total train fire I yeah and uh, just I mean what is, is this just, is this a general manager or it's a management thing it is a, just a general manager specific one right
0: no it's a front office as a whole
1: oh okay it's front office so yeah there we go we have we have our indictment of uh, Arizona I think rightfully so it's just uh, you you're really' you're, you're stuck in the basement and every so often you make a little peek as the seventh seed or the eighth seed uh, but yeah I think well-deserved. Well-deserved. Because it's debacle after debacle over there in Arizona.
0: I was kind of surprised by the 30th place team, which was the Blackhawks, because it does now seem like they have some sort of direction with their rebuild and stuff. But I guess maybe their fans are are feeling like, uh, you know, they say they're going in one direction, but then they do other things. And, you know, they don't have any goalies. It can be kind of disconcerting. So I'm not saying they've done a great job. But to rank them below teams like Buffalo, who's 29, Pittsburgh who's 28, San Jose, who's 27, uh, it uh, seems kind of a strange decision to me.
1: Yeah, seriously, what the heck? I mean, first of all, Chicago, uh, they just made the playoffs. That's cool. Uh, But, yeah, you know, it's, uh, I wouldn't say they're the second worst team in the league, right, Uh, in terms of management. Uh, Would I say they're one of the worst? Absolutely. But yeah, Buffalo sucks. Sucks hard. Uh, I don't understand how you don't put Buffalo uh, behind them because, you know, Buffalo is just a train wreck every year. It's like one of those teams. It's Arizona and it's Buffalo. And you can, and no matter what, you can always just pull it out of your, your pocket when you're on a podcast and just kind of rant about them and how bad they are and how they're always going to be a mediocrity. And so, you know, uh, I, yeah, did, did nobody else see this? Uh, I mean, I guess so. Uh, I think, how do they do in the public opinion poll? Chicago, um,
0: uh, let me scroll back to them. Chicago, in public opinion, did a 2.3, which was quite bad. And I think actually, uh, yeah, that is, they were 30th. They placed 30th in both public opinion and uh, fan base poll. 2.3 for public opinion, 2.2 for fan base.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, that's that's fascinating. I thought maybe Chicago fans were just being pessimists, uh, but apparently not. Apparently not. And so, okay. All right. I mean, I guess people are just down on the Chicago management team. I think rightfully so. But I mean, are you kidding me? You didn't see what JR did this offseason? You're you're telling me that that that, that was doesn't that, that wasn't deserving of like 30th or 29th place? Uh sure, that's questionable. You know what? I'm calling out everybody who did this poll, uh, who, who rated the Chicago team. Uh because yeah, they're bad, but they're not that bad. Some of the fun ones to look at, I think, are
0: specifically specific categories and how they differ from fan base to public opinion. One of them for Pittsburgh is cat management, where public opinion is 2.3 and fan base is 2.9. Uh, neither is that that great, but it is a kind of a significant difference between the fan base kind of, you know, being, being optimistic. Here's a very big difference, uh, which is strange, uh, and a, kind of an outlier. For the San Jose Sharks trading category, public opinion 2.5, fan base 4.0 which is ranked seventh in the entire nhl in terms of fan base trading judgment uh i mean at the time it looks like they kind of made out really nicely on the carlson trade that contract is a different story though uh what other deals have they made they got dubnik they got ryan donato uh i don't know they traded for evander kane to the trade deadline a couple years ago uh it's not especially terrible their trading track record but seventh in the league is a Kind of, kind of, a uh, strange. Really, does feel like a, an outlier here.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Was it the public who put them there, or was it uh, no. their
0: own fan base? It was the fan base that ranked them 4.0 on a scale of one oh, to okay. five for
1: trading. <laughs> that's completely preposterous, if you ask me. Um, you know, I think they're still. I think. I think the fan base there is enamored with Doug Wilson. I think that's what it is. Uh, they did that, didn't they? It was then that did the Hoffman thing, right? Uh, oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. Community. That definitely buys you neat. a bunch of points. It does. And uh, clearly, those points still haven't expired yet. They're still cashing in uh, with the fan base, but yeah, I think it's just a, it's, I think it's a bit of a homer thing there because I don't know if I put San Jose in seventh in anything really at this point, uh, because yeah, just it's terrible. And uh, I mean, that front office uh, has led them here with you know terrible contracts and the like, and questionable deals, and not bringing a goalie when you should have, and all that. So, but trading. Yeah, really? What they have, what have they done to deserve it for? You know, they they've been solid, right? You said this; they've been solid, but nothing that deserves. Okay, this is a, Let's give them a four on five. Uh, I let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit, San Jose, because uh, you know I think the public opinion had it right. It's about a two and a half. Maybe you bump it up to a three because you like Doug Wilson, but uh, you know, like really, what have you done for me recently? You you built me a basement team. That's what you've done. So uh, you yeah. know, it's uh, yeah. I wouldn't agree. Yeah. Would not agree with that
0: one. I think I uh, I don't I think people kind of overrate sometimes how much people overrate their own teams. Like, you know, you know, sometimes people talk about how people will be pretty harsh critics of their own teams. One thing that does not apply to is drafting and developing. Uh every team's fan base will always tremendously overrate their prospects and their team's drafting ability uh and the Canucks I think just looking at this are a good example of that not that they don't have good good prospects that actually is one of their strengths is drafting and developing but just looking at these numbers here public opinion uh they got a 4.0 for drafting and development which ranks them fourth in the league for public opinion drafting and developing fan base ranks ranks them a 3.9 which is very similar to 4.0 obviously but that one ranks them 15th in the league for fan base which just goes to show that about half the league uh, has ranked their team's drafting and development at 3.9 or, av- or above, approximately. Well,
1: that's interesting. Uh, you know, I don't think there are 15 teams that I would rank 3.9 or above uh, because, uh, you know, first of all, mostly a the draft is. Uh, sometimes you get lucky, sometimes you don't, but, you know, there are teams that do it better than others. Uh, and are there 15 teams that do it good? That do it uh, enough to merit a 3.9 out of 5? I wouldn't say so. I mean, we've talked about how there's... Some, we just watched the first round of the draft. We just watched some boneheaded moves. A bunch of them from different teams uh, in the first round. Notably, you know, uh, that Chinakov guy and then Shakir Mukumadilin, both in the first round. And so, you know, we're really scratching our heads there. And you're telling me that that is, is, the, is the genius 3.9 out of 5 that you're going to give? I'm not saying either of those GMs in particular got a 3.9 or higher. But just in general, you know, uh, just a bunch of boneheaded moves. And so... Cause, cause it is a crapshoot. Uh, and so, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to say, okay, but, but the public opinion, public opinion, uh, are you telling me in general, it's lower than the,
0: yeah, in uh, general MMA? teams will, well, it's because, uh, fan, fans will usually like rank their team high because they overrate their own prospects and then thereby rank the other teams lower. So that's why, even though the Canucks have about the same number for public opinion, and fan base the public opinion ranking is way higher being fourth in the entire nhl whereas the fan base ranking is 15th in the nhl
1: yeah okay that checks out so uh yeah some homerism some homerism Mm -hmm. and it makes sense right because you don't really see these prospects as a fan and so you know you get hyped about the names like uh you just uh that's what it is you're like oh we got you. We read. You read one article about he's gonna be, you know, the team's future one C, one guy. And you're like, oh, this is it, right here. Uh, I'm in love. So, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I think it's. I think when you're a third party fan, it's just you. You have a more objective uh, view of the thing, unless you're you're an actual rival, right? So, right. you know, my views on, for example, I don't know, uh, Nashville, are quite objective, right? If you told me to evaluate them, I'd be like, okay, here's this, here's that. And it's mostly based on facts. If you told me to evaluate the Leafs, I'd be like, everything they do is dog shit. So, you know, there's there's a difference. There's a difference there.
0: Mm-hmm. So since you brought up Mukemadulin and Trinikov, uh, the Devils fan base ranks their draft in developing uh, 2.7, which is 27th in the NHL, pretty low. Uh, so I guess it would seem that they weren't so fan of their, their drafting. And I mean, besides you know Holtz and uh, Jack Hughes last year, even last year beyond the first round, it wasn't such a great draft. Uh, meanwhile, the Blue Jackets fans ranked them a 4.1 in drafting and developing, ah. and they've done a good—they've done a good job in which is tenth in the NHL, and they've done a good job in recent years. Uh, but I mean, you know, Chinnikov, if I were a fan of that team—would really kind of sour my view on that. Back to the Canucks for a second, because there's something interesting going on with them too obviously everyone is talking a lot these days about how they are very bad at, at, at free agency and have been for the past many years and cap management and those are two separate categories actually cap management and free agency public opinion actually is a little bit more generous than the fan base for this one cap management uh 2.2 2 and free agency 2.3 on the scale from public opinion fan base and 1.7 so it does make sense that from an outside perspective you'd be like oh yeah he's not doing such a great job and fans would be much more frustrated since it's right up in their face how terrible of a job Jim Benning has done in free agency the past couple years and how it's really about to screw over the future of the team
1: yeah, when it comes to uh, when you are a fan, and I forgot to mention this, the highs the highs are higher and the lows are lower when it comes to public when it comes to the opinion, right? Uh, you either you either love something or you absolutely fucking hate it. And if I'm a Vancouver fan, uh, I'm looking at Jim Benning's moves uh, when it comes to free agency and cap management and all that. I mean, I'd be enraged. I mean, you know, I'm surprised that they looked at their own situation and they said, you know, what, 1.6. The average is 1.6. That's completely. I would I would expect it to be 1.2 or 1.3. Uh, you know, like uh, like like. Arizona level bad because, uh, oh my goodness, this whole cap situation is completely of his own doing. It is the worst cap management we have in the league right now. And yeah, really? The public gave him 2.2? If you asked me to rate the Vancouver free agency thing, I would get one, one, one across the board uh, for that thought because you look at them. Look at them. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. I the 2.2. Jesus, that is, that is very generous. You know what I'm kind of blown away
0: with? Uh, in terms of this cat management stuff guess uh where the New York
1: Islanders rank for cat management in terms of the entire NHL oh Lord uh okay I'm gonna I'm gonna guess where they should be it should be okay. like 28th all right they're they're
0: 23rd which is uh, and they got a 3.0 from fan base, which is uh, pretty much right in the middle for uh, the one to five scale, and public opinion gives them gives them a two point five for cap management, and I think they should be, uh, maybe just like just a notch above Vancouver. I'd probably have them twenty nine or maybe even thirty in terms of cap management because of how terrible this Matthew Barzell situation is. That they won't that they can't get him signed and they can't make any deals to you know open the floodgates or whatever. Uh, so one of the last things I want to do with this is ask you, where do you think Montreal ranks on this list?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, so, in total, in general, I would say, you know, my version is pretty mediocre. He's got some haters. I would say 17th.
0: Not far off. Montreal's ranked 14th. And it looks, uh, at first glance, that overall there is, well, in I guess, and I mean in some specific categories, there is a lot of disparity between public opinion and fan base here. Some of them are pretty pretty on par. Draft and developing is 3.3 for both public opinion and fan base, which I was kind of surprised fan base didn't rank it higher than that uh, because, you know, everyone seems to be so enamored with Romanov and Luke Tuck and whatnot. Uh, Trading, though, public opinion, 3.0, 17th in the league. Fan base, 4.2, 4th place Whoa. in the league
1: in terms of trading. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. What? What have these fans been smoking? What are you one user you watch? <laughs> are you are you seeing the same things I am? Um because uh whoa. You know, I, I did I filled it out for the abs. Just for the abs. Uh my opinion. I put trading as one. Uh I think it was, one or two. Uh because yeah, really? Like uh, you know, Edmonds the Edmondson trade, the Anderson trade are just two of two examples of what it's like under Mark Berger. It's just you have a series of nice small trades. you know. I, I can't lie. You know, Kovachuk was nice. Uh, and then we traded him away for a solid pick, maybe less than what could have been had earlier. But, you know, uh, you make a few nice trades, and they kind of pan out for you. Jeff PG is one that's pretty... It's an old trade, but it's, it's a very good one. Uh, and then you get hit like a truck by some awful trades, which happen all the time as well. And so just, just you know, just when you start to warm up to right? it really it punches you in the gut uh, with uh, a train wreck trade. And so... To give him a four out of five, was it 4.0? It's Uh, 4.2, which implies that
0: a bunch of people gave him more than a four.
1: Which implies that they gave him a five, which is... Yes. Wow. 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 You're telling me, you look at him and you're like, you know what? I'm giving 100%. Five on five. He's been the flawless trader. Uh, That's that's completely absurd to me. Uh, And so, yeah. Okay. Clearly, something's up with the fan base. Hey, do you really like a joint trade that much?
0: Yeah. What? And uh, I was going to say cap management also. Public opinion is 3.0, which is a, 17th in the NHL, and fan base is 4.0, which is 8th in the NHL. And I don't think that one's as outrageous because there are a lot of great value deals on the Canadians. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you balance it out with the likes of Joel Edmondson and Josh Anderson, and it doesn't look like a top 10 cap management job anymore.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Because, yes, we talked about it. Uh, when it comes to their cap, cap space, uh, yeah, they do have a number of bargains, right? But the problem is you have a bunch of deadweight, uh, which most of it was just signed. Uh, not only Carl Osner, these people forget Carl Osner, uh, but also, yeah, Emmonson and Anderson. Yeah, okay, that rhymes. And so, you know, you wonder when these people were filling out these forms, I mean, you'd expect, you know, really, honestly, you'd, you'd expect some sort of recency bias. But clearly, uh, they seem to have completely, they have amnesia. They've completely forgotten what he just did with the cap situation. Uh, either that or even more concerning, they love the move. So uh, I don't know which is scarier. And so, yeah, really, mm-hmm. come on now. Uh, the cap management there, it's kind of a mess right now. Would uh, Would you? Would you? Would you really grade carry price that carry price contract a four out of five a five out of five I certainly wouldn't uh it's it's way too long and we, you know do you give a goalie that much money who knows but uh yeah that's we, we have some homers we have some serious homerism here in Montreal. So top five teams on this list. Uh number five is the New York Rangers
0: which I think people are putting too much stock into getting lucky in the past two draft lotteries, getting Capo Caco and especially Lafreniere, of course. Uh, and obviously, I mean, there's, it's a big help that a lot of big-name players seem to want to come to New York. Panarin, Jacob Truba, Adam Fox, definitely you know, three very important players for that, that Rangers team. Uh, but they are ranked number five. Number four, the Red Wings. I think this is very strange we got public opinion at 3.4 and fan base at 4.5 with cap management at 4.7 draft and development at 4.3 vision at 4.9 which means almost everyone gave them a five on five for vision and so i guess eisman's done a pretty good job at selling them on uh the Shannon the plan or whatever i mean they definitely still have a very long way to go they will be improved whenever next season starts for sure it would be Uh, probably almost impossible to be any worse. And you've got some great pieces, of course, you know, Larkin, Mantha, Tyler Bertuzzi not going anywhere. Lucas Raymond, of course, is going to be a difference maker. Philip Zadina, you hope he can still pan out. But I mean, you know, there's still a lot, to Be still to be solved for the Red Wings, like Moritz Sider. Is he gonna be a number one defenseman? I don't know. Uh, goaltending, uh, for the future, no idea. Pretty much no one in the system. So, I think fourth place is way too high. They've done a pretty good job so far with this rebuild, I think. But, I think the optimism, the overwhelming optimism from the fan base, is probably not
1: all warranted. Oh, it's just the Stevie Eiser, it's Steve Eiserman effect. It's clear and obvious, that's what it is, right? It's just, oh. Steve Eisenman, uh best general manager when he was in Tampa. So uh, we put all our faith in him. And I think the fan base has completely bought into what he said, uh, what he has said as the general manager, his moves, his total rebuild. So, you know, whether it pans out is a totally different thing. But I think the fan base has completely, I think the, the Stevie Eiserman effect is just, you know, off the charts. It's off the charts. And that's apparent when you fuck the vision category. 4.9 out of 5. That is, you know, maybe he's said some things that I, I just missed that have really sparked some confidence, but I think it's just, yeah, it's just D- Detroit feels like they got the best general manager in the league from Tampa and they're going all in on the guy and the fan base is bought in. That's what it looks like to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh Yeah, Dom, is it Dom who does this? I don't know. I think it is. Anyway, whoever it is, or I think it might be a bunch of people actually who take part in it. They include quotes from... Uh, because the fans can put in any comments they want, and they might get featured. And the top one here for the Red Wings is trust the eyes or plan, and that's it. So I guess they're just you know blind faith. So you hope that hope that works out for you. Anyway, roster building is one of my interest, my favorite ones for the Red Wings. Uh, public opinion is a 2.9, 19th in the NHL. Fan base, 4.6, third in the NHL. So, you know, roster building, I don't know. I would de- t- definitely tend to lean towards public opinion on roster building, especially if we're just going off, you know, what the roster actually looked like on paper last year. But anyway, yeah. do you want to R- guess who, this- roster building?
1: who the fuck is on the roster?
0: <laughs> John Merrill and B- Bobby Ryan.
1: Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, think, I think there's a lot of... I think you put it perfectly. There's a lot of blind faith going on in there in Detroit.
0: Um, do you want to guess who the top three teams are?
1: Okay. All right. I think I've got a good idea of who number one is. I think it's Tampa. Um, I think public opinion is soaring. Uh, and rightfully so. They just won the cup. They've been best roster in the league. I think Boston is in there. Uh, because they've been so consistently good. And number three. Who's my third team? um should we make it a, a an Atlantic trifecta should I add Toronto in there? I hardly think that Kyle Dubis is getting all the love though so you know what Vegas I think it's Vegas uh the Boston Bruins are ranked
0: 17th on this list because their fans Whoa. hate them okay uh yeah uh draft and development is quite low for them for their fan base is a 2.2 as well as free agency is quite low uh the Golden Knights, are ranked 12th on the list uh they got a 3.5 overall from public and 3.6 from the fan base tampa you they were in the top three but they are not first they're second place and the thing that really kind of knocked them down is cap management and i think that's more than justified considering you know they've got a bunch of great rfas unsigned. no one wanted tyler johnson on waivers and they've still got a long way to go to figure that out third place is carolina uh everyone seems to love what they're doing I think that's uh, that's justified. And first place is the Avalanche, who are first or second uh, in almost every category. On Well, first or second in every public opinion category. Uh, and first and second or third on every fan base category, except for draft and development, where they're, for some reason, ranked 14th. Not sure why. Huh. So uh, that's the story there. Avalanche, apparently they've got the uh, most faith and their front office, from their fans, and public opinion overall.
1: Yeah, looks like Joe Stack is getting all the points. And I think, look, look, just look at their cap situation, right? Uh, it's just fantastic. And so, yeah, I think it's warranted. You know what? Absolutely. Um, when you talk about Tampa and their cap situation, you compare it to Colorado's. Colorado's is way better. Did Tampa just win the Cup? Yes. But still, you know, Colorado's in great shape. And uh Sally Cup contender if uh, everything pans out.
0: All right, time for trivia?
1: Time for trivia. Okay, so it's my turn since we just had a guess who last week. And so I've decided my quiz will be on unrestricted free agents. Uh, And uh, and that's to say current unrestricted free agents. So people who have not signed yet and uh, who haven't retired and also in order to qualify for this, uh, they need to have played at least one game last year uh, okay. unless unless I specify there is a, a greater criteria for games played, uh, assume that the minimum is one game played. okay got okay. It. We've got some general trivia on this list of you know uh, a very large number of players. okay, here we go. okay, so uh, we have to set a bar first, right and if I counted correctly, that's four, five, six, seven, Eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. So I have twelve questions. Okay. So what do we think oh. the bar should be? Eight
0: or nine. What do you think?
1: Eight or nine. Okay. Um. Should we make it nine? Because you had it. You had a, a cakewalk last time around. Sure. So, sure. We'll go
0: with nine. Make it a little tougher.
1: Okay. All right. Nine on twelve is the bar. Okay. Let's go. So. First question, pretty basic. Who had the highest salary last year?
0: Who had the highest salary last year? Oh, uh, I think this is someone who's been bought out. I know well when Lamkus was bought out, he was at the top of the list, but now he's been signed. And so has Bobby Ryan. Uh, Hoffman's obviously the biggest name, but I feel like there are like maybe some really bad contract that expired, um, can I? I'll will ask you a player. Can you tell me if they're eligible for the list or not? Because I don't know if Dustin Bufflin counts or if he's technically like on hiatus. He didn't play or a something. game last year, right?
1: Oh, yeah, play a game.
0: That's correct. So that is, he's not mm-hmm. eligible. Uh I'm not gonna overthink it. I'm not gonna rack my brain too much longer, and I'm gonna guess Mike Hoffman.
1: Okay, well, Mike Hoffman. Uh, his salary was uh almost a million less than this guy Mikael Granlund, who was paid six and a half million dollars last year. Uh, six so and I a half. Out. Yeah, it's paid six and a half. His cap hit was five point seven five, but just the way his contract structure, I got six and a half. Yep. All right. Well, and uh, yeah. Okay. Missed that all one. Right, moving on. Moving on. Uh, so number two, who had the highest cap hit?
0: Okay. Uh well Granlin at five point seven five, you just told me. I don't actually think Hoffman's was higher than that. I think it was five and a half. Um going through names and my- oh there are still some defensemen available. Vatnin, no, he was not that high. Neither was Hamannik. All the good goalies are signed. Um Hmm Can't think of anyone who had like more than six or anything who's still available. So I'll just guess Michael Granland again. Michael Granland.
1: Okay. Well that's two in a row where you've missed. Because you did say all the good goalies were signed, but you did manage to get one of the trash goalies <laughs> who was bought out recently. Uh Corey Schneider paid six Ouch. million dollars last year in cap hit. Also in real dollars, six million dollars. And so, uh, yeah, if you look, you know, the, the, I thought, I thought, you know, this one just based on the fact that if you go on cap friendly and you know, they have the unsigned free agency on the, on the front page, they yeah. rank them by a cap. Hit. So, uh, you know, Corey course, number one. Haven't, is... I haven't
0: been on cap friendly in a while.
1: Okay. All right. That's we're all off to, thing. uh, we're off, we're off to not such a fresh start here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, okay. All right. Who is the oldest UFA right now?
0: The oldest UFA? I mean, these are hard questions. Oh man, I should they have are. spent more time. Should have spent more time studying the uh, free agency crop. Uh oh, I know Zdeno Chara.
1: There we go. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Forty-three, old man's Zdeno Chara. Run a roll here. Let's time. go. What's happening here? Okay, it looks like we were we we're starting to pick it up. Okay, who's the oldest forward?
0: Okay, good questions. Good questions. Um. Well, it's not Thornton because he signed. It's not Patrick Marlowe because he signed. And uh, those are old guys. So, hmm. Trying to think of other, you know, upper age players. Hmm. Names that are coming to mind are like Thomas Vanek. I think he's retired. Jason Pominville. Whoops. I think he might be retired too. Um.
1: <laughs>
0: I can't think of any. Uh Matt Collins retired so it's not him. This is hard. I don't like this quiz. Should have made it an 8 on 12. Made it much too challenging. Um anyway, I can't even think of a good guess. Can't even think of a good guess. He's I have a feeling he's probably someone who's like he's not like super like 38, 39, like high 30s. Probably closer to the mid 30s, 34, maybe 35. Uh but I can't even think of any good name. Um, oh, ooh, I have an idea. I was thinking Dallas has a bunch of old guys. Corey Perry hasn't signed anywhere yet, and he's pretty old. So I'm going to guess Corey Perry.
1: Okay. All right. So first of all, I'm going to try to find it's not Corey Perry. Uh, so uh. <laughs> looks like you've looked through, you've gone through all your, your correct answers. Corey Perry was 35. So, uh, you know, uh, our, our guy is uh, 39 years old. Uh, he's a winger. And most notably, uh, played last season for the Habs, it's uh, Ilya Kovalchuk is the oldest forward left in the UFA. Okay.
0: That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Sure does. It
1: does, doesn't it? Okay. Yeah, I thought maybe you might get that one because, you know, play for Habs. And you already have an answer for the next question. Um, Name all the players who played at least one game last year for the Habs who are currently UFAs.
0: Okay. Okay. I think I can do this. Ilya Kovalchuk, that's one. Dale Weiss, that's another yes. Um, not Thompson. He signed with the Jets. Not Cousins because he signed with the uh the Predators. Um, hmm. ooh, played at least one game. Uh, not Keith Kincaid because he signed with the Rangers. So so far I've just got Weese, Kovalchuk. Is that it? Is that it? Or am I missing I'll, someone? I'll tell
1: you right now that there are three players. Uh, okay, I'll, thank, I'll, you, I'll thank you, thank you. There are three players who played at least one game for the Habs last year.
0: Alright. Uh oh, could it be like uh was there an RFA they didn't qualify? No, those were all a bunch of scrubs. Um Hmm going through in my head. Who else did they traded the deadline? There was they traded Thompson, they traded Cousins, they traded Kovalchuk a couple days before. Uh oh they traded Scandela, but he's still with the blues um i feel like i'm missing a trade they made on deadline day there was thompson there was cousins i feel like there was one more that i can't think of uh to trade anyone to are now trying to think of like playoff teams who they might have traded some players to um and i can't think of one but i will not give up i will talk forever and ever and ever until i come up with a name you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have I'm going to do what I tend to do at least once every time you have a trivia for me and ask that you talk while I think.
1: OK, all right. Um, So see, I don't know what I would talk about right now. Let's see about these UFAs. Uh, lots of lots of fun names. It's like uh, a lot of guys who you don't really think of uh, until you check the UFA list. and It's it's, uh, it's nice. You know, you just. Oh, uh, I'm oh, oh, wait, yeah. no, never
0: mind. I was going to say okay. Matthew Pekka, then I remembered he re-signed with the Senators. So it's not Matthew Pekka. So keep talking. All right.
1: So I will keep going. Uh, we have guys like Jan Rudak, JT Brown, all dudes. Um, have you thought of Mark Hun- Matt Hunwick recently? I certainly haven't because I just called him Mark. Um, you <laughs> know, just Yannick Weber, former Hab, that's nice. You know, the hamburgers at a UFA now. so you want to sign him, that's always good. Um, Carl Soderberg, another dude, Brian Bo- Patrick Eves, whoa, there's a name.
0: He's been injured for, uh, okay, I have an idea, but I actually don't remember if he played any games with Montreal last year, uh, in fact, I don't think he did, but I can't think of anyone else, I'll put Carl Alzener as my third name, because no one signed him, and he's technically a UFA, got bought out, but, uh, I don't think he played with them last year. Wait. Oh I think he did actually. Yeah, he was called up earlier in the year. Okay. I'm pretty I think Carl Osner, Dale G-G. Weiss, Ilya Kovalchuk.
1: He's not on my list. Um and Oh, he did play. Okay. Alright. So uh he he fell right through my radar there. I forgot about Carl Osner. There's a fourth guy. Um you know, I'll give you the point since I told you there are three, but you wanna you wanna go for it? Okay, first? thank you.
0: No, I, I'm I'm not racking my brain for that fourth player anymore.
1: Okay. It's Christian Fulan he uh, played like 16 oh, games. of course Easier Christian right yes but uh yeah. yes you got the point there because uh, how okay. could I how could I forget Carl Osner what a disgrace uh, on my part but hey got you a point okay
0: okay so I've done I'm two for five right now so two if I gonna meet my threshold then I have to get every single question right from here on out.
1: These are tough these are tough but I'll give you Time I think what's tough. the easiest one right now okay um, confidence. Who who had the who had the most assists last year?
0: Out of all the current UFAs, who had the most assists last year? Out of all the current UFAs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I know Hoffman scored a lot of goals, but I think he he usually has a lot fewer assists than goals. Uh Eric Howler hasn't signed anywhere. Uh, but I feel like he No, he, he I don't know. Um, Vatnin is an option. Maybe he plays on the power play a lot. Uh, Duclair. Ooh, that's interesting. But I think he's also more of a goal scorer. Granlund, I think had a pretty bad year. I'm going to go with Sammy Vatnin.
1: Okay. Well, you know, you should have just, the first name you said was correct. It's Mike Hoffman. Um, wow. ouch. <laughs> thought I threw you a curveball there. Uh, yeah. 30 assists. Yeah, 29 goals, 30 assists. Mike Hoffman did. Uh, mm-hmm. for, for 59 no one was really close next one was Derek Broussard at 22 then batman was third at 18. Nice. yay third place all right third place uh okay all right so uh looks, <laughs> looks like we've already uh fallen out of the the running for nine out of 12 ouch but uh we, this we is the exact drawn.
0: opposite of the last trivia I did where i very easily soared past the threshold
1: yeah so uh we, we cranked it up Okay, here's one, of uh, the, the the UFA's with the top ten cap is last year. Uh, how many had trade protection? Last oh my year?
0: god, how many? I don't need names. Yeah. Do I?
1: Yeah, exactly. How many? So I, it is. It's easier in that you only need to give me a number.
0: Okay, out of the top ten, I think uh, I think three of them had some kind of trade protection.
1: Okay, well, you—if you said three of them didn't have trade protection, it would be much closer because that's eight what out I of meant. Ten, that's what I
0: meant. Three did not.
1: Okay, you'd be closer, but you'd still be wrong. Uh, oh, I'm eight, still eight wrong. Out of ten oh, okay. Had some sort of trade protection. Um, okay. I guess I'll list. Them. Can I list them? Should you want names?
0: Sure. Give me. Give me names. Maybe they'll help me out for later questions. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Okay. So those. Okay. So those with trade protection: Schneider, Hoffman, uh, Green, Andy Green, former captain. Carl uh, Soderbergh, Craig Anderson, Carl Osner, Michael Froelich, and Dustin Alvocator all had some sort of trade protection last year. Uh, those who didn't, we have Granlund. And we have Sammy Vatnin. So, uh, uh, yeah. Really blew that one. Players. Yeah, a whole bevy of players who probably don't deserve it. Um, I'm looking <laughs> at you, Carl Osner. Um, okay. All right. Here's one. Which UFA goalie... So, you know they played one goal, one game at least. Uh, had the highest save percentage last year.
0: Okay. So, it was not Jimmy Howard. Corey Schneider still UFA. Uh, Ryan Miller still UFA. Those are the only prominent goalies that I can think of. I bet it's like some random AHL guy who got called up for a game and played like 10 minutes and has a I didn't let in a goal, but I don't think you'd be that sleazy. So I'm gonna go with Ryan Miller.
1: Oh, you sniped it! Yeah, it is Ryan Miller. Yeah, uh, good stuff. Thank you. Okay, all right. Uh, who had the who are the most losses as a goalie? Oh, year?
0: Jimmy Howard. Easy.
1: Okay, that's cheese. That's a that's a that's a softball question. Um, yeah. <laughs> more like that's more like the last visit that I gave. Okay, all right. Hmm. Now, now I'm trying to debate. How many UFA goalies do I make you name? Do I make you name three or four? <laughs> um, we'll say, we'll say four actually. We'll say four. I just have, to, your, name I just there have are, to name there are four. I just have to name four UFA. Yeah, but there are only four left. That's a thing. So there are four in total. Do I make you name what? all of them, or do I give you like one pass? Um, hmm. You know what? I think I think three is too easy. I'll make you do all four. Name all four okay. UFA goalies that are left.
0: Okay, Corey Schneider, Definitely Ryan Miller, Corey Schneider, Ryan Miller, Jimmy Howard, and oh, um, does Andrew <laughs> yeah, Hammond sorry. count even though he didn't play any games last year?
1: Well, no, he doesn't count. Um,
0: very sad. Okay. Okay, I can do Okay, this. sorry. Four out of
1: five. There's actually there's actually a fifth one that I forgot. So four out of five. Okay. Uh, there's still uh. Okay, so Schneider, you said right?
0: Schneider, Miller, what? Howard.
1: That's three. You need one more.
0: I, okay, I can name one. I can do this. I can come up with the yeah. last. UFA goal. I just have to go through the teams in my head, and I'll start in Montreal's division. Uh, Oh, Craig Anderson.
1: There we go. Craig Anderson. Last one is Garrett Sparks.
0: <laughs> i to make you
1: name all five of them. Sorry? He played? Yeah, he did. Uh, huh. Let me just check. Uh, let me confirm that for you, how many he played. Uh, he, it seems he didn't start a single game. It doesn't have any wins or losses, but uh, he did play. Uh, has a goals against average of 4.44 and an 8.57 oh, um, save percentage.
0: The wins or losses aren't um, whether you started the yeah, game. Yeah. Under, it's what,
1: under games. Okay, right, right. It's a non-decision, right? It's just like whether you got decision. Uh, but under games play there is a one. So. Uh, all
0: yeah, right. right. So it just means he wasn't the goalie on the ice for the winning goal. That's why he doesn't get credit for the win or the loss.
1: Wait a second. Hold up, I just need to yes. check. Was Corey Schneider even eligible? Does he? T- he didn't. Oh yeah, he did play last year. Okay, yeah, he played. He, he played plenty. Play. Yeah, he, played. he played. He played. a handful. Okay, so that's good. We're we're rolling along here, uh, in the uh, garbage time, as they would say, uh, because the game has already been decided. Um. Hmm. Okay. Here's here's a hard one. Okay. Yay. So, who had the highest shot percentage with at least ten games played? I tell you I the, the team that he just last played for. The, the okay. team that he last played for was the Leafs, okay? And so, All right. Okay. So that, that's your hint.
0: That will so make it a lot easier.
1: You. Yeah, I did.
0: Uh, highest shot percentage with at least 10 games played?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of any UFAs that have left the Leafs. Um,
1: exactly. There just aren't many.
0: Yeah, well, Frederick Gauthier wasn't qualified. Uh, Clifford? But I feel like neither one of them have very high shooting percentage. It's not Tyson Berry because he signed. It's not Cody Ceci because he signed somehow. Uh, I I feel like... Hmm, I'll, I'll go with Frederick Gauthier. Why not? Frederick Gauthier.
1: Wow, what a snipe! That's... <laughs> It is. uh With 61 games played, he scored seven goals. He played 61 uh, games? He played 61 games. I thought he was seven goals. More than that. No. 42 shots. So with a shot percentage of 0.17, so 17%, he is the highest, he has the hi- highest shooting UFA uh, that's played wow. at least 10 games.
0: Sniper so, Frederick uh, Gauthier.
1: Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Okay. All right. So, uh, Next up, I think it's the last question. Okay. Uh, seems I've covered everything else. You've done relatively well so far. Just wasn't able to hit the barrier. Um, yeah. Who was the uh, most expensive UFA last year in terms of cap hit? Who is twenty six or under?
0: Last last so year. To
1: tip you off. Yep.
0: You mean who signed a like a a contract in the summer of twenty nineteen?
1: Who signed a contract? Well, as in. He, well, paid the most in cap hit last year, last season. Not necessarily his deal was signed last year, but just... Who had the so highest so cap hit who was under 26 last year?
0: Oh, so this has nothing to do with being a free agent, does it?
1: Well, they are a currently a free agent.
0: Okay, currently a free agent who had the highest cap hit last year who's under 26 years old. Yes. Okay. Um. So this is somebody who's uh possibly uh an unqualified rfa in fact i would say probably an unqualified rfa uh trying to think of those players who had high cap hits and that's why they weren't qualified like anthony cu comes to mind and that seems like a pretty plausible guess so Andreas anthony cu there we
1: go that's it so uh You know, you made it closer than than uh, what well, originally. You got 8 on 12. So, wow. Um, pretty close. Look at me. Pretty close. Yeah, Nice little run at the end. Um, yeah. Yeah, Athenasiou had at $3 million. Mm-hmm. And the uh, highest cap hit.
0: Alright. Well, is that where we wrap things up for today?
1: Yeah, I think so. Uh, a solid note. It wasn't a blowout by any means here in this quiz. Uh, no. And... Uh, I now expect a retaliation hard quiz now next week. Uh, yeah, given, I think uh, I I, uh, I burned you this I week. I think
0: I think you can expect that. I think you can definitely expect something that's uh, somewhat challenging. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. We'll be back next week, November twenty second, with uh, I will be giving a quiz to Taisei, and we will hopefully be talking about things that are maybe a little bit more interesting
1: than reverse retro reviews.